Hey, everybody. Are you with me when I say life can be amazing at times, but it can also be extremely challenging? I know, I've been there myself, learned some valuable life lessons along the way, and now I'm here to help you. It's no coincidence you found your way to the Relevate podcast. I'm your host, Rena Olson, a self-proclaimed inspirer of others. Together, we're going to dive deep into raw and honest conversations with real people. My hope is that through these stories, you too will be inspired and ready to tackle whatever's holding you back or breaking your heart. Then you'll be free to live a life of purpose and true fulfillment. I promise it's possible. Let's Relevate. Hey friends, it's Rena Olson, your host of the Relevate Podcast. I'm here today with an episode that is both bitter and sweet, sad yet hopeful. A story filled with inspiration, especially for those of you who may have lost a loved one way too early in life. Jason Clausen of Giving Sunshine is my guest today, and he knows a thing or two about love and loss. Here is his story. Jason Clausen, welcome to the Relevate Podcast. Good morning. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me, Rena. Yeah, well, it's so good to see you again. You know, you're a young dad and chugging right along, living life. And then you had some some really big hardships come along that really changed the trajectory of, of your family's life. Appreciate you being here. Okay, so let's start off. I'd love to know just a little bit about your background. So my, my story in the Quick version is about three years ago, um, my, li- uh, my life uh, got tipped upside down with diagnosis for my wife of stage four colon cancer. And uh, we, we thought things were going well and the best that they've ever been. But then we went and had some testing done. And before we knew it, uh, we were walking out of the hospital with a diagnosis of stage four colon cancer and two, two to three years to live for my wife. So that, that thing has just dramatically changed our life and perspective on life. And I remember a specific phrase from the doctor after I was trying to get answers, doctor looked at me and says, Jason, you'll get through this. Cancer has a way of enhancing your life. And, and and, And that phrase has always stuck with me throughout my whole process, even today. But at that time, when you hear that, after the diagnosis of your wife, your wife has stage four colon cancer. Oh my and gosh. Is, and she was how old, Jason? She was 38. So okay. and, and, and I have two little boys. How old were your, your sons at the time? They were five and 11 and, and, and there was no family history. There's no symptoms. It was just like a punch in the stomach and, uh, leaving the hospital, trying to say, what is our next move? And what, what we thought life was going to be like is nowhere near what was about to unfold and happening. So it was just changed our, our life, our perspective, and just changed everything in a, in a short amount of time. Mm. Wow. So um, I know that that story doesn't have a happy ending. Um, tell us a little bit more about kind of your journey through her illness. Yeah. Yeah. So through as we battled and we followed the recommendations of doing chemo, um, doing our own remedies to be able to help and give my wife a fighting chance because my wife says this, 
stage four cancer, colon cancer doesn't happen to young moms that have kids, happens to people that's lived a really good life and, and, and kind of going in the later life. So we said we want to fight as much as we can. So we'd go to treatment. And, and, and the, the difficult part about the, my situation is we do everything the doctor said, the recommendations, the medication, and then we'd go back for a scan and there was no progress uh, at all. And, and it was hard for the first couple of weeks, we say, okay, we just got to keep fighting back. We got to keep fighting back. And, and again, we'd go back, we'd build ourselves up and then we'd get this awful news. And then we'd build ourselves up and we'd get bad news after bad news. And I remember someone during this time, um, someone brought over a yellow basket, a sunshine basket to our house. And I remember like, I, I mean, it's clearly in my head, this snapshot of looking over, seeing my boys play with what was in the basket. They were laughing. They were smiling. My wife without her hair is laughing and smiling. I was like, okay, for a moment, we weren't able to feel the pain of what was going on. We could get a sense of relief. And I remember that is my, one of my favorite moments of going through the treatment is for a moment, my family was happy again. And it was just, it meant a lot to me. And uh, it, 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 it has had lasting effects on me and my boys today. So um, fast forward nine months later, remember she was given two to three years to live, but she, um, she passed away after nine months. And, um, again, we were given the diagnosis of two to three years and, and it didn't last. And nine months later, I'm finding myself, um, in a difficult spot, especially after the funeral. And, and I want to tell all your listeners um, make sure to keep an eye on the caregiver. <laughs> the patient is great, but the caregiver needs help and support. And then another big thing I learned is after the funeral, make sure to check in with the person that is left behind uh, right away because we we almost get forgot about once the support and all the people rallying up. Uh, that that's an easy part, but when the the, the funeral is over. That's where I felt the most lonely. And that's where I needed the most support. And that's, that's such a difficult spot. And, and for me to pick up the pieces, learning how to be a mom, learning how to be a dad, uh, I got to uh, be in therapy or therapy. I had to be in front of people that are dealing with their hardest issues. Yeah. Because wow. your profession, you are a licensed therapist. So. Yep. Yep. So I'm hearing the hardest of the hearts and I'm, feeling the motions and it was just a tough dynamic and I remember a couple of times in my sessions just going this is supposed to enhance my life I was like this is so unfair and so hard to deal with and um, but but I knew I mean I thought of my boys all the time saying I know there was people in my life that needed me and my two boys needed me so I I just I'd like slowly get out of bed and jump in the shower and say, I got to do just today. I'm just going to do my best today. And that's what I did for, for a couple of years, just doing my best, just getting up and say, I'm going to do my best. And, and it was hard. It was difficult, but um, there's many lessons I learned through the process of this and uh, re resilience of 
um, honoring my wife. She didn't want to see me sad. She, she wants she wants us to be happy. Sure. It, as well as another thing that has stuck through me is I wanted to teach my boys how to be able to go through a hard situation and and how to how to how to live life to the fullest even though you go through a difficult hard situation so because i knew on the back end with people in therapy <laughs> i've seen the the wreckage and everything that happens after First. and i was and I, I and i said i i'm gonna i'm gonna work so hard to not have to be here five ten years later and still reliving the 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 trauma of my losing my wife, the, the diagnosis, I wanted to, I wanted to be happy and healthy and I wanted to enjoy life with my boys. Uh, it's just such fabulous advice for all of us. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk yeah. about that seed that was planted when you got that sunshine box. What has transpired since then? That, that's, I, I almost feel it's a miracle and a blessing all at once. So um, so after my wife passed away, I went back to work for eight, eight, eight days later, which is not a really good move. And, and about nine months into it, I got overwhelmed and stressed out. And um, I called my own intervention with my family and friends. And we sat down and talked about what was going on and how to support me. And in that moment, when I could release some of the stressors of life to people that were willing to help I just needed to give them permission to come and help me because when people go through difficult times they think you're doing a favor by just not doing anything and backing away it's, it's I call it the support vacuum <laughs> totally so you're just, totally. You're just you don't know what to say or do so you do nothing exactly that's, that's a terrible strategy in support of people you love yeah. And, and again, in that intervention of bringing people over, I, I was able to tell them what I needed and they were to tell me what they're seeing. And we came up with a plan and this isn't for everybody, but I, I ended up quitting my job and I took the summer off with my boys. And um, one of my best decisions in this moment, but the first thing I did was we sat down and we made a bucket list <laughs> with my boys at the kitchen table and said, okay, boys, Dad's going to be home for the summer. What do you want to do? Oh, that is awesome. And, and I created this because prior to this, me and my boys, we were operating on sad and really sad memories of going through treatment, keeping my wife alive, and then her death. And that wasn't sustainable. And we were miserable. So I knew by creating a bucket list, I could make some happy memories that could build us up and we could begin to live again. So, oh. and, and one of those things on the bucket list is we, we wanted to make a lemonade stand and raise money to make um, the two sunshine baskets to give to people. And after the lemonade stand was done, we had $1,500 that people were so willing to rally behind us and donate to our cause. And I didn't know what to do after that, except call our our church group and have them put together 15 or 25 sunshine baskets. And we begin to send it out on Facebook of anybody that was struggling, anybody going through terminal illness, specifically cancer. And we begin to go deliver them, me and my boys to those families that were struggling. 
And I learned a lot by doing that. And again, I was teaching my boys how to live through difficult and challenging moments. And by not thinking about the pain and, and putting people above myself and serving them, I could bring them a sense of comfort and we could connect with each other on an emotional level. And it became such a healing experience for me and my boys. And, and one, one moment I remember is one of the families was asking the questions to my boys. So in a sense, I felt like I wasn't alone of helping my kids get through this by going to these appointments. They were asking, they were helping my boys kind of talk about what was going on. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so powerful. And uh, it became kind of a way of life for us. I mean, where we uh, take my boys to the store and uh, all they could see is yellow things. <laughs> Tell me what goes in one of those awesome sunshine baskets. Um, so, so at the beginning, we just begin to get yellow things that bring people happiness. And, and uh, I mean, there was some, some, uh, <laughs> some, some lotion and some signs and some candy, just whatever we could find to bring happiness um, to those situations. And my boys would just go to the store and they're like, yeah, we need that. We need that. I was like, oh my gosh, this is working on so many levels to, to hear them talk about, um, we need to, to find things to put in these baskets. So it became something that we looked forward to and we just wanted to keep doing it. And um, we, 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 we've done it so many all over the place. And then I remember on Facebook, there was a lady in Virginia that reached out. She goes, I want a sunshine basket. And I was like, how in the heck am I supposed to get one to Virginia? I, I don't have the time or resources to ship out to go there. But I uh, went back to the drawing board and I thought about it and I created these boxes. Mm -hmm. These, uh, we call them Be Like Val boxes that we begin to ship out across the country. And people that we have even met that were reaching out to us, we were putting these boxes together and we were sending it to them. And then they would post it and they would share their story. And it was just, it, it, it was so comforting that I could do more than just in my community. I could do more across the country of people that were struggling and going through hard times. And to see those pictures and to see the box, it was, I kept my wife's name alive and she continues to be in my life today because of what I'm doing. So I didn't realize Be Like Val is on the box. That is. Uh, the, the, the first ones are Be Like Val, but, uh, but um, my biggest supporter through this Um he approached me and says, Jason, I absolutely love what you're doing. And I think you're doing amazing work. He says, I think many, many more people need what you're doing into the world. So what we've been doing is we've been planning and talking. And yeah, what, yeah. We've, what we've done is we've put together some boxes um, specifically for those struggling with cancer for those that have lost a loved one or just overall sunshine. And we've designed and created the resources that go in these boxes to help people heal. Again, at the beginning, it was just a bunch of yellow things. But with my therapy background and my experience in healing, we put together things in there that can really help people get out of this funk and not just a band-aid to fix. Yeah, like and a therapeutic I, box. 
Yeah. And I say therapy in a box, or it's more than a gift box because of what's in there. One of my, one of my favorite things that we came up with was we have support cards. Mm -hmm. Once you create your healing team, the support cards actually coach you what to do and say to people when they're struggling. And these are the questions that I've asked in therapy sessions. To, to help people. So literally, these are questions uh, specifically target to pull out emotions and get people to talk about on a regular basis. Because what I found is when people don't care and people are at church and they're saying, well, let me know if I can do anything. Mm. But I, I found that if people would stay in the moment and ask the right questions, like, how are you really doing? And I could feel that and I could feel that they care. And I felt like I could open up to those people because they wanted to know and they wanted to help me all the time. So we put questions specifically like that. How are you doing today? What is the most difficult thing you've been dealing with the last two days? So therapy questions that help them coach, ask the right questions and ask follow-up questions to get them out of that difficult spot for your, for your team, because that's what you need. Remember the opposite of grieving is connection. So we're, we're really connecting them to some of their support and people that they love and care about. We just need to coach them how to coach the people grieving. Yeah. It's like, a we need a conduit to, to get over that, just that gulf that exists. Because mm-hmm. I know most people are well-meaning and they want to help. They just, they just don't know how. And I just, I love the fact that you're using your pain for purpose mm-hmm. and um, have created this wonderful sunshine gift box. It's been healing for you. It's been healing for your boys and I love the fact that you've had people come in and, and link arms with you and say, come on, let's do this. This is really a good idea. So I understand you are here to deliver a message of hope for people. If you could please explain. Hope is, is possible. Someone that has been through the, the hardest situation of my life by seeing my wife be diagnosed with stage four cancer and then losing her nine months later, I, I want to offer up hope and, and that there is happiness once again. Um, I, I know that because of where I am today. And I, and I still feel, I think it's important. I still feel emotional. I still get, I still cry, I still have breakdowns, but it's not, it doesn't deplete me and it doesn't take me out for a couple days or a week. I, I have my moments, I cry through them, and then I get back on track. And I think my message of hope is there is there's opportunities for you to heal by connecting with people. And I think what we what I've learned through this process is is if we can reach out and if we can connect with people, it allows us to get through this grieving process or whatever you're going through in so many ways. Because people need to hear this rather than just stay stuck in their situation and feel like there's no hope after I lose someone or there's no hope after I have this diagnosis. I want to create some kind of sense that you can enjoy life again, despite your circumstances and despite your pain. And that's what we, what I've done is to put together these sunshine boxes and deliver them to people and connect you with those people that are suffering. 
and invite happiness back in their life through these boxes. People just need to be open for possibilities. And this really goes for any life experience. It's like when you say, I'll never find love again, or I'll never be happy again. You know, when you kind of pull those curtains down, you know, that can manifest itself. I mean, you, ha- you have to be intentional in moving forward and have to believe that things will get better, that there will be better days. Yeah, and Sometimes well, it, just, it just takes time. It's not easy, but sometimes it just takes that. I, I remember a phrase that always kind of circulates in my head is vulnerability invites vulnerability. And, and what I've noticed is by being sharing my story and opening up, I invite people that are doing the same back into my life and people that are trying to get healthier and happier. And, and, and I developed this team by being open about my situation. And that's been ex- extremely, extremely helpful. And I've had to do it many times in the process, but I noticed the more I share, what happens is I connect with people. And then the more I share, I'm, gonna, I'm able to hear and see how far I've come. So it's kind of like therapy as you open up and continue to share your story. So. Right, and a very cool part of your story is you have found love again. Yes, I have. That that's the that's the scary part. Is like, what am I gonna what am I gonna do? Like, worried about inviting someone back into my life, forgetting about my spouse. There's, I mean, there you just there's so many things of that go through your head. <laughs> and, and and the hardest thing, and for me, Rena, in this whole process is, I remember January 2021, waking up and I got on the scale and I looked at the scale and I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, what has happened? And I, I just remember, I just, uh, I remember crying, crying in that moment because I was so sad of, like how life was so hard for me. And, and, and I looked at myself and I said, Jason, you deserve to be happy again. And I remember making a commitment to myself of getting back on track. And yet this last year, I dedicated to the year of happiness and to find joy again. And, and what I did is I began to take something serious, whether it be like I hired a, a, a health coach to help me get back on track to hold me accountable. Um, I started to connect with my boys. I started to do things intentionally to work on myself so that I can be happier. I did my work. (laughs) I felt like I was in a really good spot. But when you go through caretaking and taking care of your spouse, many times you forget about yourself and and you're always the last person that is the leftover and and who you become is is hard to when the smoke clears and that challenge you look and you're like oh my gosh I I need to be happy again so I was again intentional about what I need to be healthy for for your for your boys too yeah I needed to be healthier so I could do more in my life like spend time with my boys, um, go on the things I needed to do. And again, if I was healthier, I could help more people. So my journey just, it was hard up until, um, I mean, it's still hard, but, 
But um, I remember the light coming back on and I was laughing and, and there was times in the summers where I was like belly laughing again with my boys. And I thought, oh my gosh, I can be happy again. And then, I mean, I, I was connected to a widow widower's Facebook page with um, to offer connections that was super supportive. And I would share my story of my sunshine <clears throat> boxes and, and what I was doing. And we got, and, and my, my uh, fiance, <laughs> she, she saw my story. I saw her. So we got familiar. And then shortly after we got connected on an online app and uh, we got connected that way. And September 1st is when we started. We call it Swipe Right Day. <laughs> We, we celebrate that and that's where we got connected and that's where we started talking and building a relationship and she had lost her spouse. I lost my spouse. So we felt like we could be really open and mature about what we are talking about. And we felt like we could talk about each other's spouse and talk about each other's situation without running away. And by being open and transparent about what we, what we had struggled with, it allowed us to learn together and grow together in such a deep way. And it's been, it's been super helpful and happy to be able to have this relationship again. And, and that's the hope that's coming back is like, I can be happy. I can have a relationship and I can have a mature relationship where I can talk about my past spouse because they are part of our life. They're still in our lives and we don't want to forget them. Just because we invite someone in there doesn't mean we, we transition them out of our life. They, they are a part of us and they are who we become. So you'd, be, you'd do your spouse a disservice by not including them in their life. Um, and, and, and this week we, we got family pictures done and we hung them up on the wall and we took some other pictures down, which was really hard. But in my front room, I still have pictures of my spouse and my fiance is going to bring pictures of her husband and we'll still honor them and we get to teach my boys about them and what they've done for us and it just becomes such a healing process and again it brings hope into our lives and we're, we're not replacing we're enhancing our life remember that phrase we're enhancing our life by bringing someone else into our life that that whole replacing thing is false narrative. And God's design for marriage, I mean, when you become one with somebody, that continues throughout, you know, the surviving spouse's life. Mm -hmm. And I love that y'all both have that shared experience and are being intentional and in helping kind of coach others through it because we don't get handbooks on a lot of these really challenging situations in life. Yeah, it's it's funny. I'm a therapist and my fiance or girlfriend, she's I gotta have boyfriend therapy, I gotta have fiance therapy. But like when we'd hit a difficult spot, we could reach out and just sit and talk about it. And we could help each other through difficult memories or experiences we were having just based on our experience. And and I, I can't imagine life without someone uh, my, my fiance and my soon to be wife. It's just, I, I can be happier again. I can give myself permission to be happier. I can laugh again. And it, and it feels so good. And I feel like I'm, 
living and I'm, I feel like I'm honoring my wife by being happier and being in a healthy relationship. Well, and I know I've heard you say it's like it was imperative for you that your boys were not growing up with a sad dad. Yeah. So Jason, one last question for you. So the word relevate means to uplift or restore to good spirits. Close us out with a word of sunshine and hope, Jason. I think for me is to be able to bring that back in is I always tell uh, people I work with is lean into the discomfort of life and grow through your pain. And that's where you get stronger and that's where you become happier rather than run away from those situations that frankly, God has probably put in your path to help you become the person you are supposed to be and meant to be. When I know when something like that happens, we all want to do something. And you know, that something is usually flowers or candy or, um, but I love the fact that your sunshine boxes are so thoughtfully curated and have such a purpose of healing and hope behind them. And I just wish you the best of luck. So tell us again that that website so we can stay connected. Yeah, the website is uh, givingsunshine.org. And you can find all the information related to us and our stories, my story and the Kickstarter account. It has been such a privilege and honor to spend this time with you and to share your story. I wish you so much luck with your Sunshine Baskets initiative and can't wait to watch this story continue to unfold. Keep up the great work, my friend. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. Man, there were so many powerful moments in that message. How Jason called his own intervention how he had the realization that his boys needed a happy dad and how they deserved that despite the family circumstances. How he and his sons found consolation in their grief by giving sunshine to others. Who do you know that needs to hear Jason's story? To know that even in the midst of extreme loss, you can learn to live and breathe again and that hope can rise up life itself can one day be good again. To connect with Jason and his awesome Giving Sunshine company, visit givingsunshine.org. I'm your host, Rena Olson. To connect with me, check out my website, rena-olson.com, and that's R-E-N-A-O-L-S-E-N.com. I'm Rena Olson, and this is Relevate.